Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And we are fan casting about the OC. We are coming to the end of season three. And you can tell, you can tell the show is like, ooh, we're going somewhere. In some storylines, some of them is like, yeah, I mean, this ooh. one. Yeah, some of them are like, we don't really know. But ah, uh, something's gonna happen. But then some, like Marissa, they're like, mm, redemption or not? <laughs> oh, man, man. I feel like this this uh, this episode of our podcast is going to have some thoughts with it about... So uh, the last episode of The O.C. was so good. It yeah. was such a, like, heartwarming return to good storytelling and characters a lot of driving Im- the plot forward a, a lot of complicated emotional parts that were treated with the with the actual respect com- they deserve the complications that they are and this episode this episode just diminishes some of my <laughs> i was gonna say my favorite characters that's inaccurate it diminishes characters that it seems to only want to diminish build, and they were like oh no you thought this character was complex no, no. They have <laughs> one note, and it was the note you saw last season. <laughs> and we don't know how to get them away from being that, but we will make it seem like it's important. We don't know how to do drama that's not this. <laughs> yeah. On the plus yeah. side, Samir Armstrong is in this episode. Not a spoiler. Very clear no, from very, the previously very, on. Ve- and also appears very early on. So, But yeah. she is wearing a terrible wig. <laughs> <laughs> that is not her hair. They tried to be like, mm, what would happen if two years had passed? <laughs> we have to make sure two years have passed. And we can't give her like crow's feet and glasses to show the time has progressed. So well, what if Anna just grows all her hair out? <laughs> and she was, and Samara Armstrong was like, my hair is still short. And they were like, don't worry. We know a guy. Now you're respectable and not punk rock anymore. Now you're his smart friend, not his cool friend. <laughs> you can be both. She is both. She is both. Well, let's uh, figure out how many of those things she can be. In uh, this, the OC, Season 3, Episode 22, The College Try. The College Try. Ryan walks on. He's holding a massive overnight bag. And I was like, oh, Ryan and Seth have a very complex plan. I don't know what it is, but, like, he's going to war. Turns out, no. uh, The plan being uh, whatever Seth wants to do with this whole brown thing. But they're actually going to pre-frosh weekend. Which, again, I've been to so many universities. Prestigious universities. I am Canadian. But really? Really? I think I think it is because we're Canadian. I think this is a yeah. thing that I, here. I mean, here's the thing: it has popped up so many times in <laughs> American fiction that I have but to assume it's based on something. Typically, in American fiction, it's earlier. They go I to guess, schools yeah. and have like weekend visits to figure out: Do I want to go to the school? But now it's like, oh, so what's going on? Is all the kids, all of the Harbor alum, pre alum, yeah. are going to the school that they got into? To have a pre-frosh weekend. I think also part of this is due to the fact that they are, like, rich, rich. kids. Like, That's like, fair. I, I imagine that if, you know, some, if, you know, the guy from Kansas got into uh, Berkeley, he didn't go down there for one weekend to see what it's like. At that point, it's like, no, you're, 
you're just going there yeah but like rich kids they go to their schools i mean maybe for everyone else they didn't just apply for one place and they actually do have applications like hey you've been accepted to all these places go to these schools (laughs) figure out where you want to go it's just these specific kids only did one school so ryan has a massive overnight bag because this is a tiny detail but it becomes very telling Ryan doesn't know what to wear to Berkeley. No. So he is packing literally every single piece of clothing he owns. And I assume some clothing he's stolen from Seth. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some he took from Sandy, too, because he doesn't know if he'll have to wear a suit. Oh, absolutely. Meanwhile, uh, Seth has packed enough so that he can essentially sneak to Brown. <laughs> because his plan is to go to Brown, annoy them until they accept him. And also avoid, avoid summer. summer. <laughs> avoid summer to such the level that he's taking a taking a very bad flight to do it. He's like he's like transferring out of Chattanooga or something, which is in Tennessee. So I like to imagine that he also because he had to pitch this to his parents when he when he's like, oh, I found the tickets go to Brown, but oh man, the only flight I could find. Yeah, I don't know what his pitch was. I don't know if he was like, oh no, I'm saving you money. Well, time also works very weird in this episode where it seems like some storylines are supposed to be happening at the same time. It seems like all of them are supposed to be happening at the same time. And yet, how? <laughs> well, so, I mean, I guess we might as well move on. Yeah. Seth and Ryan head off to the uh, to the airport with Kirsten. She is so excited. Sandy can't take them. He has an early meeting because if there's one thing we know about Sandy, he hates his family. <laughs> he only likes business. Oh, man. Kirsten, every single time she has to think about Sandy and work, looks like she just ate an entire lemon. Sandy. <laughs> Kirsten never likes it when Sandy has a job. She only likes it when he's a hobo beach lawyer. I don't really... This is something I had in my notes to say later, but I guess I can say it now. It does not seem like Sandy's also working that that much. He is home a lot. Not all the time, mind you, but a lot. I feel like Kirsten actually worked more than he did. Kirsten worked way more than he did, but we'll get there. They head off to the airport, and Seth goes off, and Ryan and Kirsten sort of have a talk about, like, I'm How nervous. How he's nervous, because, oh, it's hard for him to fit in, but Berkeley will be easy after Newport. And Kirsten's like, hey, you did this. You're the one who got there. You succeeded in all this. It's about you. Don't worry. You didn't need us. You did it yourself. And Ryan's like, yikers. <laughs> Then he heads off and Kirsten turns around and then I cannot, I don't not tell what, I don't know what they told her to act her face like. I don't know what she thought she was seeing because she just stares blank faced as a fancy Teresa comes down the stairs and or escalator because I don't remember. And she goes to what is clearly a nanny and she holds a baby. No, I do want to say, do you know how long it's been since we've seen Teresa? So long. Long enough that I thought it was Maya for half a second. I didn't know who that woman was for half a second. I was like, is this her rival? (laughs) Once again, you don't get a good expression from Kirsten about like what's going on here. And Teresa is so fancy. Oh, Teresa's wearing a suit. Teresa is suited now. And the person who meets her... And she's also clearly coming off of a flight from somewhere. And she overnighted because she has a carry-on, and you can tell that that woman packed carry-on only. So Kirsten has this very confused look as she sees Teresa, baby, what? So Summer is going to Brown, and she wants to borrow Marissa's sparkly scarf because they're friends now, but also she can't because she's going to Brown and she has to be serious. And she's second-guessing everything. And then Marissa, of all people, comes (laughs) on and is like... Hey, I think this weekend sounds fun and cool. Marissa goes over 
such a gamut of emotions from scene to scene of this episode where I can't tell what her motivation is. She she almost exists in this episode to be exactly what is needed in that scene. All the other characters need something. So Marissa's in this scene is just like, no, college is fun. It's cool. We love college. Yeah, it's going. Don't worry. It's going to be whatever. You should be whatever you are. Whatever you are is good enough for the college because you got into it. Now, Summer is the only character in this entire TV show who's like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> a week ago, you were having an affair with an almost homeless surfer dude, and now you're this? And Marissa doesn't really give a good explanation as to why. Probably because she doesn't have one. But she's like, no, I'm going to Berkeley. It's fun. But first I have to go to Voychuk's house because apparently I have stuff there. What's what stuff? What stuff did you leave at that? You you can't yeah. leave what stuff. What stuff that you care about did you leave in that house? Marissa, you can't leave stuff there. It that is an open place for anyone to come in and just take things. Which we'll talk about. Um, but this has to be going concurrently with what's going on elsewhere because they are constantly like, oh, we gotta get to our flight. We gotta get to mm-hmm. our flight. Guess they're taking later flights. Uh, so they go downstairs where Neil is serving Julie Cooper tea. And he's like, hello, my daughters. And some sort of fruit parfait. Shall I drive you to the airport? No, and I they're like, no, no, dad. Taxi. We will get there somehow. Or they will park their car. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but we do have this moment where uh, after Summer and Neil go off that Marissa kind of like has... A, a bit of a, yeah, with her mom. Her mom's like, I could come with you. I can pretend to be your entourage. <laughs> Which is insane, but adorable. Yeah. Uh, but no, Marissa's like, no, no, I think I'll be fine. I mean, Marissa is a little bit worried because she's going to... Well, she's worried because she's going to Berkeley, and Ryan is also going to Berkeley, even though they're clearly not going to be taking the same classes. <laughs> no. the, the, I mean, this is very... This is one thing that's very teenage high school they think that this school is going to be such a tiny school there's no way that they'll be able to avoid Avoid each each other other. despite the fact that ryan is taking architecture and marissa is taking i'm assuming business stuff yeah that seems maybe math no she's bad at math just general studies (laughs) marissa's taking an arts history degree because she didn't know what to apply for i mean that's arts history is a good degree but not for Marissa. It's kind of on Marissa. Like, she, what did she apply to Berkeley for? <laughs> she just went there because that man told her to go. That's true. Uh, so Julie is happy that Marissa seems happy. And Neil is also like, hey, our kids are okay. So let's talk about us. I'm having a fancy, do- fancy doctor party tomorrow. I think it's a retirement. Yeah, for the head of surgery, which is not what that party is. No, it's not. I don't know what the party... Skip ahead and do the party a little bit. For some reason, Neil sitting at the front of the table. And then Sandy makes a toast. Yeah, so I don't know what that party is. But it's supposed to be retirement for the head of surgery. I have just just repeatedly referred to it as doctor party. And thankfully, so does everyone else on this show. (laughs) Me too. But Julie doesn't want to go. She says, thank God for Netflix. And this was back when you mailed Netflix. (laughs) So she has ordered like four movies for this weekend. So she doesn't have to go to the doctor party. But Neil, man, he he wants her to come. She's nervous because all those, you know, all those people will be gossiping about her. And despite the fact that they apparently still do the dating service. (laughs) They still don't like Julie. Yes. Uh, But, you know, he's like, well, I mean, as a dating service, you're fine because Kirsten is there. So, what if you invite Kirsten? Also, you couldn't invite Sandy because that'll be really good for me and his new hospital. 
Julie, this seems like a good plan. Can we also say that, like, very clearly Neil wants... He, he wants his fiance to come with him to a party because it's very important to me. But also, I feel like he just wants friends. I think he wants Sandy to come almost more than he wants Julie to come. He just wants, He's like, I look, honey, I'm very alone. <laughs> I have no friends. Julie, those doctors... They're all nerds. I'm I'm currently serving you a fruit parfait at 9 a.m. on a Saturday. Please, Julie. I don't know how human beings work. I just want to hang out with some non-nerds. People like me. But Neil. Be, but because he says that it would be it, it would mean a whole lot to him. And it, he does it in a very Neil way where he's he's not good at showing emotion. So he just sort of like is reading his book and goes, it would mean a whole lot to me. And Julie's like. Ah, shoot, I'm figuring you out, Neil. (laughs) Well, let's head north. Way north is where I think Berkeley is. Way north. (laughs) Berkeley is in Northern California, which you can tell, because that's where the rain lives. (laughs) And we meet Ryan's, uh, I guess, a freshman buddy, Wes. So, Wes will never have an umbrella. Wes will always be perpetually slightly damp, because he always stands in the rain. It makes him look handsome. But it's unnerving. Wes has a little bit of a Zach feel to him. And he comes up and he's like, oh, hey, oh, I heard you're from Newport, so obviously you went to Harbor. And Ryan's like, this is the terriblest. And he's like, oh, did you play water polo? And Ryan's like, look, I gotta tell you now, I'm from Chino. <laughs> and Wes is like, I don't know what Chino is. <laughs> also, I don't care. I have one roommate from Bangladesh and one from Partridge, Kansas. Dude, you're at college now. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> And Ryan's like, I've never imagined this future. There is, what the thing is, is, there's no mold. If you're here, you're here. Hmm. Hmm. Meanwhile, Marissa does not arrive at Berkeley. She arrives at the diner because Summer convinced her not to go to Wojciech's house. Because that is a... Uh, that, sex house. It's a sex house. So she goes to the diner. Wojciech is there. Wojciech did not bring her things. And Wojciech asks, in not so many words... <laughs> Why'd you break up with me? Yeah, he's super moody. He's like, well, why did you leave? And at no point does Marissa make actual mention of the fact that he's buddies with rapists. And also, he makes her life bad. He only does surfing, which she hates. And she does drugs and is sad when she's with him. Instead, Marissa pulls out of her head somewhere this thing about, like, when I was young, I watched The Sound of Music. And I did not quite get the whole Nazi thing, but I did know I wanted to be like Liesl. Liesl. And I wanted a handsome Nazi boyfriend. (laughs) Once again, not fully grasping the film. And Wojciech, you're blonde, but you make me feel sad about myself. (laughs) Like an actual Nazi. So I want TV Nazi, not you. (laughs) Who, um, I wouldn't be surprised if some of your friends had neo-Nazi... I did see one guy at your party who had a shaved head and a very big swastika tattoo. But I don't know what that means. I thought it was ironic. (laughs) I thought he was an ironic Nazi. (laughs) Oh, Marissa, Marissa. no. Ah, uh, those those heydays of 2006 where you could be... (laughs) You could have an ironic Nazi Nazi tattoo. No, no, you don't get it. I'm saying that it's I'm doing it because I don't like don't it. Don't you know that the swastika comes from a Hindi tradition? I'm doing a throwback to that. I understand that mine is also is reversed and diagonal like the Nazi one is. But I'm doing a twist on the original thing. It's a maze. Don't you get it? 
And still, once again, even in this whole thing where he's like, I don't understand how you broke up with Missy, she does not mention anything that actually happened that made her leave. Any of the bad things. And the fact that he is a bad match for her. Not because he's poor, because he does bring that up. Yeah. But because she hates the one thing he loves. Well, she hates pretty much everything he does. She hated that party he had. She hates the, like... She hates surfing. She hates the way he makes her feel. She hates cocaine. She does not like cigarettes. Like, <laughs> there's there's nothing actually about them that drives them together. Other than the fact that they're both handsome and blonde. Well, let's go check in with Sandy, because Sandy is casual business casual. He is on his phone. He's so casual. And then Kirsten comes in, and he's so excited to see his wife. Oh, my God. You're here. All right. Well, wait. You know what we should do? We should go for lunch. We Kirsten, should... I love you so much. Let's go and have fun together. Let's, let's go do a, be a family. And she goes, no. I have to tell you something. Like, and then I will repeatedly get angry when you aren't doing this exact thing right now. But right now, no. You did it at the wrong time, Sandy. Well, she tells him about... Now she saw Teresa, and Teresa has a babe. And Sandy's like, cool, cool. Okay. All right. <laughs> we don't know what that means. Also, Ryan is at his college weekend, a thing Ryan never imagined he could possibly have in his life. Maybe we shouldn't wreck that. He also brings up the point, like, also, did you talk to her? And she goes, no, I didn't. <laughs> I just could tell it was her child. I tell it was her child. I also could tell it was Ryan's child because it's two years old and she clearly did not have sex with anybody else. And he has dark colored There's, hair. There, there, are, there are so many variables here that she does not go in other than the fact that she's, that, that Ryan's ex-girlfriend has a, has a baby now. And we did know she was pregnant, and it could be Ryan's. But even at that time, they didn't know it was Ryan's. They didn't Ryan's know. They don't know. No one knows. So Sandy is like this. Like I feel like we should have more information before we suddenly thrust this upon Ryan, or at least don't tell him until he gets back from his college weekend. And then Kirsten's like, oh, Sandy doesn't care about family. Yeah, she gives him another angry look. Meanwhile, Ryan and Seth touch base. They talk about the rain in Berkeley. They talk about how Seth loves Brown. He loves the Ivy. He loves the campus. He thinks it's is great. And then someone shouts his name and he's like, oh, no, it's summer. But, if, but fortunately, it's not summer. It's our good old friend, Anna. Anna. She has a bad wig, but she's just as cool as she's always been. My favorite thing is that, like, so he turns out and sees her, and I'm trying to remember her name, and I swear the look on Seth's face is he's also trying to remember her name. He he gives it a good five-second pause before he goes, Anna! He has a moment where he's like, are you Lindsay? <laughs> I've met so many blondes. Oh, uh, which one are you? Oh, God. Um, oh, Anna. 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 What's that girl I dated who dated Marissa? She wouldn't be a brown, would she? Teresa! <laughs> <laughs> so they catch up over talk over coffee. She gushes about how she loved Pittsburgh, which is where she went. Pittsburgh, not Portland. Not she went. She went to both. So much more than Newport. She she talks about how she read At Atomic County. There's a character based on her. Yeah, and apparently we now learn that that Seth has traded the entirety of Atomic County to Zach. Oh, he has no idea what's going on. There's some sort of. <laughs> vlog uh, some sort of animated thing. type thing he, he traded the entire everything with the comic away for his girlfriend 
Oh, sad. Oh, man. That, once again, that is very peak like high school. So he tells Anna that he traded away because he loves Summer. And is like, cool, cool. I also dated you. And then he's like, I also didn't get into Brown. So now I'm here for hijinks. And she's like, cool. Just... Summer related hijinks? He's like, no. No, it's not summer related hijinks. Me related hijinks. And Anna's like, I can help you with hijinks. Tomorrow, there's going to be a faculty mixer. You can meet Dr. Overby. He was the head of admissions and maybe, I don't know, make a good speech, Seth. A good one. <laughs> it's actually Anna's excited to be back in the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, also, what else is she really going to do this week other than walk around and, like, and meet people. see things? Like, she seems already pretty comfortable with the entire situation. She's like, yeah, you know what? I got some time to kill. This sounds fun. <laughs> And we get a very quick scene here where um, Julie actually gives the invite to uh, at least Kirsten for Kirsten and Sandy to come to the doctor party. And then Kirsten tells Julie that she's not sure because she and Sandy are in a rough patch. And I'm like, does Sandy know that? <laughs> yeah, does Sandy know you're in a rough patch? Because he seems to think everything's fine because you have not talked to him at all. And then she says, I hate the hospital. <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> and is crazy selfish. <laughs> very selfish. I hate, because it was what you mean with the hospital. The hospital is specifically for underprivileged people to be able to get care. Which which is why I have led to think Kirsten hates it when Sandy has a job. <laughs> I think that's it. I think she just hates when Sandy is not focused 100% on her. Because back when she was working and he was just bohemian lawyer, all he really could do was just dote on Kirsten. Yeah, but remember when he got that high-powered DA job? Oh, that was bad. <laughs> oh, man. it it. I wish... I, I, I hope maybe some of the series they do touch on Kirsten's insane possessiveness and because selfishness. Kirsten needs to be the most successful and she hates it when Sandy's successful. She hates successful. when Sandy's successful. That's the that's the only way we can see this going. And you know what? The girl who plays Kirsten, she's trying, but this character is just maligned. <laughs> anyway, Julie's like, "But Kirsten, you are my friend. Please don't suck at being a friend." So they are going to go to the party. Yeah. Now we head back up to Berkeley where Ryan has met Miguel, who is much like Ryan except worse <laughs> well ryan says his dad's in jail miguel goes yeah i have like a lot of family members in jail and then he's like wes wes is gonna be a lawyer he'll get only my brother out of jail and i do f feel like that maybe his brother's the only one that he's like yep, innocent. probably doesn't deserve to be in jail uh, the other ones you know what anyway this is a scene meant to serve that ryan should feel like he fits in wes thinks he's not smart enough miguel has family in jail Everyone's well, a something well, at Berkeley. And Miguel even says, like, but here, as long as I keep my grades up, I belong here. Yeah. This is an important scene. It's an important scene. Do you know who, who unfortunately did not hear it? Marissa. Marissa. <laughs> Marissa wanders in. The boys are like, look at that beautiful girl. And then she comes and talks to Ryan. Yeah, like she's the only attractive girl at Berkeley. Unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently no less she is. So... She comes over and says, hi, Ryan. It's, you know, oh, it's a little bit of awkwardness going on here. Anyway, I'm going to go eat alone. She is lonely because her freshman buddy is a vegan and will not participate in freshman weekend. Yeah, it sounds like her freshman uh, buddy made the wrong choice volunteering for this. <laughs> yeah, they did it wrong. Yeah. But Marissa's alone and Wes is like, 
I really want to make friends with you, Ryan, because that's my job. But your beautiful friend is so alone. And Ryan's like, no, no, it's fine. You could you go hit on my hit on my ex. It's not. I don't think it's weird at all. Even though he definitely thinks it's weird. But he is. Actually, being, you know what? You know what? No, I don't think he, I don't does, think he does think it's, it's weird. weird. Yeah. No. I think I think in this moment he is honest. And he's like, yeah, no, I don't. Look, it's been so many things. I don't care. You seem better than Voychuk. Please go there. <laughs> Please don't be a Voychuk. Please, you're not Voychuk, you're not Johnny, you don't seem jealous of me, please go to there. <laughs> this is much better. So he goes off to kind of hit on Marissa. And now, meanwhile, at Brown, it is the faculty mixer. Anna points Seth towards Dr. Ogilvy. Do- Dr. Overby is Eric Avari, who you might know from The Mummy, where he always plays an academic. Yeah, he plays that guy. His beard is very specific. <laughs> he, he, there, There is no reason that this could not also be the guy from The Mummy, and this is just he many years in the future. It's just the future. And now, also, I think he might have died in The Mummy, but... <laughs> now... They set this up in a way I don't think they really need to, because Seth is a boy who got rejected by the school. Yeah. But it's like the writers are so worried that Seth is so charming and winsome that they're like, oh, no, Seth needs to set this up. So he's distracted by looking for Summer, and he didn't prepare a speech. He's just going to wing it because he's that's worked so well, well for him. And also, it's like they think that this is the only way that he would not get accepted by doing this, is <laughs> if yeah. he really set it up. And I feel like he could have been... Like, I feel like it would have been stronger if he gave it, if he did, like, absolutely everything right. he gave it the college try, and they were still like, no, dude, you didn't get in. Instead, he wanders up to Dr. Overby. He's like, hey, hey, do you want to go on a walk? Do you want to go on a walk with me? And he's like, I'm busy. I'm doing this school. But he says, but but he gets gets a five-minute meeting with him. Tomorrow at five. Tomorrow at five. Meanwhile, Summer is conversing with some intellectuals who are talking about the jihad. And Summer stumbles her way into being a genius. We're just asking questions, which is a good thing to do. But then she sees the Seth. <gasps> and then even worse, she sees the Anna. <laughs> yeah, she walks over to Seth and goes, Seth, you actually got into Brown? And then Anna shows up and she's like, oh. Oh. <laughs> like, what an insane immediate sequence of events. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. <laughs> At which point, I'm, I'm going to assume this summer is blacked out for the rest of the episode. Because nothing else she does <laughs> is a thing a character would do. She's now just a cipher. Yeah. Well, I mean, she she's just rage drunk. Meanwhile, or later, Marissa and Wes are at a party. They're talking or flirting. I'm not sure. But Ryan's not there because he's on a tour of the architecture building. And Wes has never been in the architecture building because he is... A poli-sci major, just like Jimmy Cooper, who he reminds Marissa of. But in a good way, because she does not describe all the terrible things that have happened to Jimmy. Now they talk, it's cute, then Ryan shows up. Marissa really hopes that she and Ryan will actually be friends at Berkeley, which makes sense, because they'll have so much distance. Yeah, I mean, they also don't have to be friends at Berkeley. They can do what they do. (laughs) There's no way they're going to interact with each other. But then, Marissa... For the first time in her life, shows interest in a thing another person is doing. Yep. And she says, Ryan, can you tell me about your tour of the architecture building? And the joy on that <laughs> boy's face. Wait, hold on. You care about something in my... Marissa, if you did this before, we may have not have broken up. <laughs> Marissa, you hate everything everyone else has interest in. You actually want to know? Like... <laughs> and she does. <laughs> 
<laughs> she does. It's, she seems so much better just being at Berkeley for a short amount of time. She is showing interest in other human beings. She has been there for maybe 14 hours. And it is great. <laughs> Well, let's head back to Brown, where Anna's trying to, like, essentially pump up Seth. And she's like, look, I should have figured your whole weirdness this weekend was a summer weirdness. Because that's the only thing in your life. Even when you have a comic book, it is summer. So, maybe I will help you with summer. Where do you think she'll be tomorrow? Oh, a walking tour? Yeah, you're going to go there and talk to her. Yeah. And then she helps him plan out some stuff for uh, Dr. Overby. Essentially, Anna's being... I, this this has reminded me that Anna and Seth were best when they were friends. Mm-hmm. And this is what this is what Seth has been missing is a friend like Marissa. Yeah, a friend who's on his wavelength. Because Ryan is a good friend, but Ryan yeah. is always it's, somewhere else. Yeah, it's not always on his wavelength. And Ryan has his own stuff. Like, like Anna always had her own stuff going on, but... <laughs> but Anna was always his level of manicness. Yeah. So she could understand where he was going and, like, direct him in a different direction. Whereas Ryan cannot always see that. Well, I also think that Ryan just needs a female friend. (laughs) Yeah, Summer, or Summer, Seth needs to know that, like, women are humans. Because after we saw um, Ryan and Summer have their hug, I feel like Ryan has female friends. Yeah, but Seth does not understand that. Yeah, and I'm like, man, that kid desperately needs to have a platonic relationship with a woman. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's head head back back to the OC. Where Sandy is so excited about the dinner. He wants to spend time with Kirsten. He wants to hang out with Neil's friends. He wants to help support his hospital for underprivileged clients. He gets a call from Ryan. He's like, hey, Ryan, how's it going? I'm so excited. How's, how's my old stuff around going? Oh, this is so great. Oh, I got a quick call from someone else. Now, maybe we misunderstand this, but we are people who have had a dad who had a job that was both high-powered and immediate. Yeah. Like, if Dad's work cell phone called, it probably meant someone was trapped under a train. (laughs) That's true. Like, things were immediate and important. So, like, if his work cell phone went off, we were like, okay, Well, and you but, go, uh, do you, but Dad? as soon as the cell phone get, goes off, Kirsten like goes like, "Hmm, oh that phone! <laughs> How dare you! How dare it!" And it, it this just feels very relaxed. Like if she did not have that immediate reaction, I'd be like, "Yeah, this is the w- like you get a call, yeah. you have a very quick like." He actually was able to have a conversation with Ryan, a little bit of one, even a non-work thing. Like I've called mom before, and she's answered the phone, and been like, "Hey." I'm on the phone with Brian, your brother, yeah. on my other phone. Bye. And I'm like, okay, bye, mom. Yeah, so he's like, all right, I'll take this call. I'm going to hand you over to you. Like, he didn't have to rush off. He's like, I'm going to hand you over to your mom now. Or not your mom, but to, <laughs> to Kirsten now. You tell her about it. And so he hands the phone to Kirsten, and Kirsten's like, yeah, hey, how's Berkeley? That sounds cool. I have, I have something I clearly need to tell you, but I don't want to tell you. And Brian's like, oh, my God, Kirsten, what's wrong? Don't worry about it. No, Kirsten, you seem very upset. I don't want to wreck your weekend. <laughs> and then she wrecks his weekend. Because <laughs> she tells him about that baby. She she says, Ryan, I saw Teresa. She has a baby with her. And Ryan's like, is it? And, he's, and she goes, I don't know. <laughs> and Ryan's like, oh. <sighs> and Kirsten spends the rest of this weekend going, I didn't know he'd come home. <laughs> Of course he would, Kirsten. Of course he you, would. You, you you caused this last... Remember when you told him about the last time the baby? He left 
He yeah, left. He <laughs> ran away from the OC. You know this is all what he does. <laughs> you know what he is, Kirsten. You did it last time. <laughs> you did it again. You and- learned nothing. Oh, Kirsten. So, the next day, Seth shows up in brown for that walking tour where Summer definitely is. And all he wants to do is talk to her for like 30 seconds before the tour starts. Yeah, we, we, we get some hijinks about the fact that like he, since he doesn't go to Brown, he doesn't have a name tag. So he just takes Kumar's name tag. And uh. he's like, haha, I'm half Jewish. You know, I'm Kumar Greenberg. I'm half Jewish. I'm half Indian. I'm a Hindu. Ha ha. Uh, anyway, goodbye. Uh, Summer at this point is still in her blackout, so... So it's just a very long scene of Seth interrupting the walking tour and Summer refusing to listen. Yeah, that's pretty much it. There's not much in there, really. It is what it is. So uh, Ryan, as not not unexpected, rushed home. (laughs) He may have taken a cab from Berkeley. Like, he may have not been willing to wait for a flight. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how he got there, but he got there fast. And in the saddest line monologue ever he explains to kirsten that he should have seen this coming because his life was finally feeling good and simple and he should have known that something complicated was going to come but something complicated wasn't coming kirsten <laughs> kirsten <laughs> if you had just talked to Teresa. well also and then Teresa gives a line which i was like ryan whatever's happening with Teresa, we'll find it out and i'm like maybe Teresa just didn't let Teresa make her decisions <laughs> yeah she is a grown woman with a suit and a baby. And then then apparently also Kirsten found out her home. At this point, Kirsten stalked her. And you'd think at this point she would know what job Teresa has. She would know that Teresa has a nanny. Yeah. Like, like at, the, at this point, if, if we were not from the viewpoint of Ryan and Kirsten, we were from Teresa's viewpoint... She is legitimately being stalked by someone she does not want to. Like, she cut ties with the Cohen slash Ryan on purpose. <laughs> and and whether or not you agree with her, like, you being Kirsten, agree with her reasons for cutting ties or have all these things with family. She made that decision. She kind of made that decision. And you have to respect it at least a little bit. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a whole lot there for if the kid is Ryan's and there's all those things there. But, like, in the end... In the end, yeah. (laughs) In the end, the mother has rights too. And whether or not the mother makes a bad choice, the mother makes that choice. Well, I mean, at the very least, it should be between her and Ryan, not her, not Kirsten Kirsten coming to be like, I found the address also of her as well. Don't worry. If she's hiding something, we'll find it out. We'll get you that baby. (laughs) Because Ryan wants that baby and doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very clearly, this is going to make everybody happy, Kirsten. (laughs) (sighs) Hey, Aaron. Hey, Kevin. What did you learn this week? Well, this week I did a little bit of research about date rape drugs. Because I was tra- <laughs> Oh, cool. It's going to be was... a fun interstitial. Well, I was trying to figure out what they gave her. Yeah. Uh, Heather. Yeah. And I'm still not entirely sure. Because the only date rape drug I knew of was Rohypnol. Yeah. And it kind of hits like Rohypnol, but she's so drunk anyway that it's like hard to see what the it is it is you know that she at that point she already was probably just drunk enough yeah that like really if they had just forced her to drink the beer without the date rape drug date rape drug 
Which, I mean, and that is also going back to the fact that Marissa didn't bring that up. Clearly, these guys have done that before. They have the drug on hand. Mm -hmm. They are very bad people who know Volchuk. Yeah, they're bad dudes. So there are three types of date rape drugs. One is GHB, which maybe that one when I read it, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, So GHB is a depressant, obviously. It's an odorless liquid. So it's probably that that she took, they gave her. Yeah. Uh, and that one is also known as Liquid Ecstasy Soap Easy Lay in Georgia Home Bay. Um, so until 1992, it was sold in health food stores <laughs> to build muscle tissue and to reduce body fat. So so is it just that it, it, it when combined with alcohol, does that? Or like, cause that seems like a very aggressive thing to happen if you're just being like, ah, I just need to build some muscle tissue. Oh. So it's supposed to relax you. So okay. I think the intention is when they were selling it in health food stores, it was so that you were like not stressed out while working out. Uh, so you, you were taking probably lo- small amounts of it. Yeah. And it makes you feel intoxicated, have more energy, you're happy and you're talkative. So. Okay. Yeah. But then the loss of consciousness, the inability to breathe, all of that stuff comes with alcohol. Yeah. Then there's Rohypnol, which everyone knows. Rohypnol is basically like Valium. It's also tasteless, odorless. It is a tablet, which can be dissolved in liquid. Yeah. So they probably gave her GHB. Probably, yeah. Um, I'm not going to go super into Rohypnol. But the other type of date rape drug is ketamine. Oh! (laughs) Also known as Special K, Super K, Vitamin K, or K. I think I, I think I think I knew that like that could also be used as like that this ketamine could also be used as a date rape drug. But like, you don't think of you it. You don't think of it because you just think of it as like, like a dance drug because it like <laughs> reduces your inhibitions and your perce- you go into like a dreamlike state and. I, well, doesn't isn't it also? Am I thinking of something different that it, it's used? It's not, like a party not, drug. It's not a rave. as a no, no. You're right. I'm thinking. I'm not thinking of special K. Yeah, special K is like a rave drug. Yeah. I mean, that. I guess that does align with each other. Oh, man. At low doses, ketamine causes a tingling sensation, a loss of time perception also described as inter- eternity, and a perceived ability to determine casual connections between things. <laughs> That's a strange, like, very specific thing the drug does. Very specific. That's a very specific mental state that it says it does so what i take from my research is what they gave heather is ghb yeah in canada rohypnol is i think much more of a common date rape drug but either way all three of these drugs are bad and anyway don't drink anything that you have not opened yourself yeah and keep your hand on your drinks at all times <laughs> this has been a message from mr Osiris and abs please please don't get roofied but also if you get roofied it's not your fault so Seth has his meeting with Dr. Overby. He wrote a statement because he is want to ramble. But at the beginning of the statement, he reveals he is not a Brown well, student. Well, because he has to because that's his thesis. Yeah. <laughs> his thesis of his entire thing is, all right, I'm not a Brown student, but I could be. Listen up. And then Dr. Overby is like, wait, you're not a Brown student? I am deceived. He still gives him a minute, though. He's like, you know what? Let's see where this goes. Seth does not do well with that minute. And once again, they, I don't know, think they need to make him... Seth this. No, the fact is he didn't get in. Yeah. And then he then af, af, after the whole thing, he does make the love play where he's like, um, well, this is actually about a girl, a girl I'm in love with who got to the school. And then they kind of make Dr. Ogilvy a bit of a jerk because he's like, well, 
I guess that's compelling. But when we send out those letters, we make commitments. So we're going to stick to them. Well, I, I do think that he I, I actually saw this as kind of him softening a little bit. I just think it would have been kinder if he was like, look, Seth, our admissions department knows what they're doing. They looked at your file and this year your file just didn't make the cut. Maybe he was maybe he maybe he did feel the um the love there but he had to hide behind the wall the of commitment ac- of academics and be like no Ooh. I can't. I can't. I understand your love. He he does he does like he could have at that point just been like whatever and left. He does give him some moments there. He does there. try. So but at in the end, yeah, I mean Seth doesn't get in. No. No. Well, Ryan has uh, is leaving the house, I guess, to go find and, <laughs> Teresa. And Sandy's like, oh, dear God, why are you here? What? <laughs> I do like, once again, Sandy knows how to play along because Ryan's like, well, you know, I I had to because, you know, he's like, uh, of course, I do know. Yes. Well, well, we'll we'll figure out one way or the other, whatever happens. And then he goes into Christian's room and he's like, you told him? I didn't know he would come back. <laughs> So Kirsten not only tries to play the I didn't know he would come back card, which she did. She then looks at Sandy and goes, well, what was I supposed to do? You got a work phone call. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to your son, Kirsten. (laughs) You weren't there. (laughs) I couldn't do anything. You don't understand. He pried it out of me. (laughs) She says he wanted to know. He didn't want to know. (laughs) No, Kirsten. He thought you sounded sad and he wanted to know why you were sad. He thought it was a problem about you. He thought maybe you were drinking again. (laughs) He was worried about you. And then, oh, oh, and then she's like, you, you, being a father is important. Family's important. You used to believe that. I'm like, I don't think at any point Sandy would have been like, yeah, give up your college life. (laughs) Well, and like... (laughs) Yeah, Sandy would always be like, okay, we're going to figure out a way to do both of these things. Like, at all points, Sandy would be like, okay, he has a child, but also he has Berkeley. Well, I mean, and also, Sandy might might have been like, well, first we should figure out all the facts before we start throwing out. Because <laughs> Sandy has always been a lawyer. Well, and, and I, I I don't know if I brought this up before. There's also a distinct chance that, <laughs> that Teresa got a new boyfriend. <laughs> she could have gotten pregnant right away with someone else. It could, it could be completely unrelated to Ryan or Eddie. Her, her saying, oh, it's two years old. I knew it was a two years old. She saw it from across a room briefly. And it was the back of the baby's head. Like, that is a two-year-old baby. That baby was conceived with Ryan. <laughs> I just... So her her implication is that Sandy doesn't understand family anymore. Because, you know, he does his job sometimes. <laughs> also, he spent last episode protecting Matt. Because <laughs> everyone's his family. <sighs> uh, let's head back up to Berkeley where we meet up with Wes and Marissa. Because Marissa did not leave. And Wes, once again, does not have an umbrella. And now he's carrying a cooler and cups. <laughs> Yeah, because there's going to be a party that night. In his room. In his room. And he would like it if Marissa came to that party. Please come, Marissa. <laughs> and and once again, of people saying things that other people need to hear, Wes is like, well, Ryan, it, this seems like this is a Ryan problem, and he'll tell you if he wants you to know. So Wes spills the beans <laughs> that Ryan left, and Marissa's like, oh my god, do I need to call him? Do I need to go back to Newport? And Wes, yeah, as Kevin like, said, yeah. no. He, Wes understands privacy, which other people in this show don't. Which most people on this show don't. <laughs> I just love him being like, well, it sounds like this is a he, him problem, so if he wants you to know, he will tell you. Meanwhile, you are here 
party? Well, Ryan is going to deal with his problem by going to Teresa's very nice apartment. This is clearly so much nicer than anything we have ever seen in Chino before. The filter on the camera doesn't even change. It's nicer than some things we've seen in the OC. So he knocks on the door. He sees a woman who is not Teresa who says, oh, no, Miss Teresa's I think last she, name. I think she calls her Teresa. No, she calls her Miss whatever her last name oh, is. And I was oh. like, oh, formal. Yeah. So this is clearly the nanny. And then, I say it's clearly the nanny because there's no way they're going to have Teresa have a livid girlfriend. Also, Teresa's girlfriend would definitely not call her Miss Rodriguez. I did not or... hear. I did not hear the Miss part. <laughs> I mean, oh, maybe she would. I'm not judging. That's true. But the little boy runs out, and Ryan sees that little boy, and his name is Daniel. Yeah, he's like that boy is me. <laughs> and then she's like, "Okay, I mean, I guess I'll tell Miss Teresa that you came by. <laughs> Goodbye, strange man. <laughs> that boy is me." Get out of here. Let's head back up to... uh... (laughs) To the party where much bonding happens that I think should make Marissa feel ways different than she does. But that's fine. Yeah, Marissa has this entire... This party is a chill party. It's on a crazy Wojciech party. Everyone's really hanging out. No one seems in a bad mood. And And Wes... Tells her, like, oh, yeah, everyone's excited now, but, I mean, next week they're back on to studying. And Marissa's like, oh, oh, oh." and Russ is like, yeah, I could do better at studying more. This is my second time doing my freshman year. Yeah. Last year, I partied a little bit too much. I had 1.5 GPA. I had to go home halfway through the year. I had to figure out what I wanted from college. And then then I came back and I did it again. It's like Marissa's hearing every third word from him. Because then she's like, oh, well, you thought I really had it together, but I didn't have it together. Here are all the things I used to do. And now I got kicked out of I, school and my friend died. <laughs> I used to see myself as a girl who who uh, belongs at college, but maybe I don't belong anywhere. And Wes goes, everyone belongs somewhere. And she's like, but do I? Maybe some people just get lost. And Wes come up with like, okay, but you got into Berkeley you're here. You're meeting people. Like, even with being kicked out of school and your friend dying, you still got in here. I dropped out of Berkeley and came back because I decided to fight for it. Why are you taking this the worst possible way? It's like, oh my god, people just, some people just can't take college. <laughs> and you know what? Some people can't do college. And that's fine, but, but, Marissa's, but Marissa's reasons are bad. Marissa's reasonings are like, I just don't belong here. Like, what? What What did this entire weekend teach us that everyone belongs here? And I think if Marissa's storyline was about, like, anxiety or unfair societal pressures or literally anything other than Marissa being like, things change. Maybe I don't think the past is the same as it was. Because even with Wojciech, when she breaks up with him, she's like, well, I wished I was in a fairy tale. You know, the first part of The Sound of Music. I, I like how she's and she does say the thing where it's like, like I'm, maybe I'm not ready to give up that fairy tale yet. I'm like, so your idea is going to college under your own, like, <laughs> like way is a fairy tale. Huh. <laughs> what an insane thought process. So your own success, because she does say she always got really good grades other yeah. than math, but yeah. her dad helped her in math. Like, Marissa is a smart, capable, I guess, outgoing, like, charismatic girl. Yeah. We never see her being outgoing or charismatic. But we are told that repeatedly. She has 
and yeah, yeah, sometimes it's really hard and going to college is hard and college might not be the place for you immediately, Wes. But <laughs> yeah. then later, maybe well, it is. It's a, the thing I find crazy is that Wes's story should exactly inspire her, her because he did, was not ready for college the first time around. And he got lost just like she did. But then he came back and he seems happy now. And I guess maybe that's why it doesn't inspire her, because she has no interest in coming back. I don't know. But I thought she did at the beginning of the episode. It's it's so... Once again, every single scene, she's a different character. Anyway, moving forward, uh, Seth get, and Ryan finally catch up on the phone. Yeah, we get our very quick um, Ryan and Seth break down the episode. They actually don't really break down the episode. Mostly just be like, hey... We're I'm, coming home? I'm home. I'm coming home. And then Seth's cab pulls up. But also Anne, isn't it? <laughs> Somehow, I don't know. I don't know how this happened. I don't know how Anna knew what cab was hit. Did she go to the, the depot and get in the cab and be like, hey, are you going to go pick up Seth? Like, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Let me get in your cab with you. It's not weird. So what Anna has decided is Seth probably can't get into Brown because they don't want him. But she makes the obvious play, which is, hey, Seth, do you know there's other schools? <laughs> Hey, Seth, you know how you're really good at art? Why don't you apply apply for the for the, the College of Art, the College of Design here, and use your comic book that you got professionally published? As your portfolio. <laughs> she says, I have an in. I don't think she needs to say she has an in. I think she'd just be like, just go up there. You are a published comic book artist. And you know, be like, hey, I want to go to school. Anna is so smart. I bet she doesn't have an in. I bet that's a lie to make Seth happy. Oh, yeah, because Seth, Seth did have this thing where it's like, yeah, after she said, it's like, you know, you know what? I think I'll just cut my losses. I'm like, cut your losses on one school? What? <laughs> on what? What are you cutting your losses on? You tried nothing. <laughs> you went to one school. You didn't get in right away. You tried nowhere else. You did not lean into your skill set. No, he did lean into his skill. He wanted to go to Brown because that's where he... Because smart people go there and he likes Rhode Island. I will say that I love this outcome because it makes so much sense for him. He he definitely belongs more at, at this college of design. Oh, yeah. Doing artistry which is apparently one of the best ones in the country so he still has the prestige that he wants also it's on rhode island <laughs> and rhode island is four feet long so he can see summer meanwhile it's the doctor dinner neil comes up and he's like oh my god sandy i have so many doctors who really want to meet you and work at your hospital sandy did you know there are good doctors sandy i'm i i, I hear you were really good at having best friends can i be your best friend please let's go meanwhile kirsten just scowls at every doctor in that room and julie's like i guess you don't <laughs> like it when sandy does work she she has somehow transferred her hatred of all this into being doctors or bad people <laughs> So Julie's like, look, Kirsten, again, please just hang out with me. Oh, man, Kirsten. Let's have have drinks and hang out with a bartender. Maybe we can flirt. (laughs) Well, speaking of, oh, man, do you know who else came home suddenly? Marissa. Marissa also went home. Well, she and then she went to go see Ryan. And she I'm trying to figure out in this moment, why did she give up? So she asks Ryan if he's okay, and he's like, that's not why you came home. And she's like, no, I came home because Berkeley couldn't immediately solve all of my emotional problems. She's like, I went there, and I found that it was not perfect fairy tale. So which means, which means I, I should just go live with Voychuk, I suppose. <laughs> Ryan, 
my problems were not easily solved. Wes said I have to figure out what college wants from me and what I want from college. I don't want to do that. (laughs) So tell me your problems. She, She had a weekend where she learned, hey, things are difficult and you have to work for things sometimes. And she decided, do I? Maybe I don't. Maybe I could do nothing. Why is the show so bad at female characters? I don't know. Although Julie Cooper. Julie Cooper is fine. She is annoying as I'll get out when she's evil. Yeah. But she is a woman who knows what she wants and does not feel beaten down by the world. And even Summer is fine. Like she has her own teenage things. Those are teenage things. Anna. Awesome. Taylor Townstead. <laughs> it's Taylor Townstead. It's, I, oh man, I don't know. It's about, Kirsten about Marissa. Marissa. Anyway, so Ryan talks about um, the baby. And his own insecurities. And again, he reveals to her, he's like, things were good and I knew they couldn't be good. So now they're not good. At Berkeley, I felt like I was living someone else's life. And then Marissa's like, but did you feel like you fit in? And I'm like, Marissa, maybe you should ask yourself these questions. Why are you the one talking to Ryan about this when just earlier you decided that place wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be so I gave it up and then she even says to Ryan well if you felt like you fit in eventually you'll be there that's exactly what she she looked like she felt like she was fitting in she loved hanging out with Wes she liked carrying that cooler she was having a great time until Wes said hey also it's not perfect and she went it's not I gotta go oh man so uh, let's head back to that doctor's party and wrap that up. Where Sandy makes a speech. He gives a toast. He introduces Kirsten. Yep. And F- Kirsten is looks furious at him talking to these doctors. <laughs> she is enraged. She is so enraged that she stands up to do her own toast. <laughs> oh, yeah. She makes it about her hardcore. She It is the most backhanded compliment ever where she's like, People always say that you'll marry your father. And I thought I didn't. But now Sandy cares about something. (laughs) Your father was a criminal who did crime things. Sandy (laughs) is trying to build a hospital. And don't get me wrong. There's some off-white stuff there. But he very clearly... He has made some mistakes. And maybe he should be more open about his mistakes. Except that you have shown him. You cannot accept him being less than perfect. Yeah. (laughs) You... Him is it's like Marissa. She has learned that there might be some flaws in Sandy. Not even flaws in Sandy. Some, like, stuff she doesn't immediately like. And she steals a glass of wine at that point to make a point. Yep. And she walks out, which is the cru- – that is very cruel. It is amazingly cruel. <laughs> so she steals the wine to make a point. She walks out. And then she drinks the wine because – I, I do want. I do want to clarify. I understand that Sandy is not has not done like in this entire in this entire arc thing, but and working with Doctor Griffin sucks. But he himself has not done super big crime things. Like, and whenever he has figured out, like Griffin got Matt beaten up, he has rallied against that. And Sandy is struggling on his own. Yeah, and if anything, this should be a storyline about how Sandy is learning his where his line is and learning about. Like, lesser evil or greater good and things that... he's never had to get even near a line before. Yeah, and now... And that's always sort of been his storyline, is figuring out, like, what's his thing. But he has, of all things, when working with Dr. Griffin, who is corrupt, he has done really good things. And, yes, it's very hard to see someone who you thought was a paragon of virtue 
coming up against that line. But he is nowhere close to Caleb, who willingly crossed lines over and over again. I don't think Caleb even knew lines were there. And if he did, it was so he could do like a classic jig. (laughs) So I guess that's Kirsten's deal. Well, Summer uh, spent some time to call Marissa. Yeah, weirdly, we have Marissa and Summer catch him up. And Marissa in this scene, once again, is a weird character where she's like, hey, hey, Summer, so you're telling me about how, you know, Seth is going to Brown and dating Anna? That's crazy. You know what you shouldn't do? Make rash decisions or jump to any conclusions. Hey, Summer, he couldn't even explain it, huh? And then Summer's like, well, I wouldn't let him explain it. Oh, I see. <laughs> why is why is Marissa all of a sudden the even-headed one in this scene where she's like, oh, no, don't make any rash decisions. Think about things. It would almost be rather, better if a wise cabbie driver did that as opposed to Marissa because why is Marissa doing that? Yeah, literally anybody other than Marissa giving this speech. Oh, man, if, if, if Summer called – I mean, she couldn't call – Ryan. If she called Taylor Townstead. Taylor would have Taylor, who gives wild advice, would have been better than Marissa in this scene, who all of a sudden has another character flip to being like, don't jump to conclusions. Also during the scene, Marissa explains to Summer that she just doesn't think she's ready for college, just like Wes, I guess. I mean, yeah, that's fair, but that's not the feeling you're giving you're putting out. Alright, well, uh Seth. Got into the design college. Well, he probably, probably got, got in. Design. I'm no sa- promises, I'm but I mean, got, he got in for storytelling purposes. Yeah. He, he, he popped up and was like, hey, I, have a, I published a comic book. Can I be in your college? And they're like, yeah, sure. I mean, we can't make promises, but yes, definitely. Uh, and then Anna brings him to the airport because they're actually started stopping on the way yeah. <laughs> to the airport. She hugs him. She's excited. And in an insane twist of events, Summer sees that hug. And then jumps to conclusions. Meanwhile... Oh. Marissa enters Voychuk's warehouse. <laughs> Through another door. For he's a door wizard. <laughs> she comes in what I would call the back door. It's the one closest to the bed, which is not the door that Voychuk and everyone else enters through. Yeah, it's not that sliding barn house though, door. Though, once again, sneaking through the back door doesn't help in a place that's just one big room. But don't worry, because he's asleep. <laughs> I'm sure he's drunk. <laughs> so she goes to get her things, and she picks up her box of things, because she's a creep. <laughs> and under her box of things, he rented the sound of music. And I guess that's supposed to... Mean something. Maybe he rented it and laughed at it the entire time, being like, ah, this dumb girl. <laughs> but she thinks it means something, so she puts down the box... And lays down in the bed with him. Can I just say, I don't know what they want us to feel in this ending. This feels like a sad ending to me. I don't understand why she had a great weekend that taught her a lot of things. <laughs> it was like, no, you know you know what I've learned from this? Just stay with Voychuk. Don't reach for anything beyond that. You can't make your own fairy tale. No, you have to go lay down with the dogs of Voychuk. He, he is outwardly the worst person. They are so bad together. Last time she hung out with him, someone she knew almost got raped. And she hates every, even the easy things that he likes, she hates. This, this is so much more than settling. This is, this is cutting off your entire face to spite that same face. <laughs> so I guess that's happening. And then somehow there's another scene. Now this scene is good. Yeah. Ryan mopes by the pool. 
But then in comes Fancy Teresa. <laughs> she does start with a, how did you find me? Which is, once again, just narrows down the point of how much she does not want this to happen. And he does not really answer. And she's like, so I took a paternity test and the baby is Eddie's. <laughs> and he's like... Well, you know, even if it was Eddie's, I would have helped you. It's like, yeah, I know. That's why I didn't tell you. <laughs> I'm very sorry I lied to you, but also I know who you are. Yeah. Like, she doesn't really have to apologize, but I mean, she does, so. And then she's like, or then Ryan <laughs> is like, so, uh, does Eddie give you money? And she's like, no. No, I'm, a she is a hotel manager. Yeah. She travels, which means she's probably in charge of a few hotels. So, and she, they she is wildly it, successful. They explained it very reasonably that yeah. she got a job at a hotel, I assume like working for catering cuz that's yep. what she does. Yep. And then she was so good at catering that they gave her a promotion yep. and then another promotion and it's been 2 years. Yeah, now she now she's as it's in some form of hotel management job that makes her travel places. And she is great and Ryan's like, "Oh, so no one's life fell apart. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, no. Maybe you should go to college. <laughs> and he's like, could we be friends now? She's like, yeah, whatever. And then it's the most, like, weird, just end. Just done. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, this, this episode ended so abruptly, I went, what? Well, I think the point of the episode was, hey, good things can happen. Yeah, but only for some, only some characters got that storyline. I don't think Marissa's... Maybe they wanted to think, like, oh, Voychuk, he, he got that sound of music. That means he's actually a good guy. No, just because a bad boyfriend watches a movie you like does not mean he's a good boyfriend. Well, she has no idea. Maybe he didn't even watch it. Maybe he maybe he stole it from a place and then was like, ah, oh, watch this eventually. I guess it was open. But maybe he watched it and laughed at it. Then was like, ah, oh, this girl is dumb. Oh, Marissa's so dumb. Let's do more coke. <sighs> also, the whole point of the episode was... Sometimes it takes you a while to find your place. That's okay. And I don't like the implication of being Marissa's place is Voidchuck. <laughs> because you know what? Maybe her place is not Berkeley. Maybe she doesn't have to go to university right now. Maybe she would be a great, I don't know, but what, what's grand gonna, rep. It doesn't feel like she's like, I need to figure some time to find myself. It figures like she thinks that she, this is what she deserves. And people are telling her there are other places to go. Which is crazy because this is the opposite of what Ryan... Ryan is going through... He believes that he does not deserve this. And he is learning that he has worked hard. This is what he deserves. And so for some reason, they want Marissa's storyline to be the exact opposite of that. I mean, to be fair, Marissa does not work hard. Somehow she's gone to Berkeley. Yeah, that's a weird mystery. It's it's very it's it's very weird. We have to just accept that it happened. Like I think <laughs> what they want us to believe is the work she did in sophomore year. That's the only thing I can imagine. Is enough to get her in? Like it would it would be nice. It, I don't know. I don't know. At this point, we can't keep fighting with the fact that she did get into Berkeley, despite despite failing forward repeatedly and. All of her things of being like, no, I'm a mess up. I'm a screw up. All I'm doing this. She got into Berkeley under... <laughs> whatever. I feel like she did really, really well at Newport High because against whatever else, like, the education at Harbor yeah. is really good. Yeah. And so then I assume when her grades... Like, and she didn't skip school that much when she was she, at Newport High. I mean, uh, I mean, she, I don't think she skipped school at all in Newport High. she loved Johnny. Yeah, I think the only time she started skipping school is when she got back and Johnny died and she started dating Voychuk. So I assume her grades from Newport High must have transferred back to Harbor, and so she must have... Yeah. 
you know. And and really, she only she got really hardcore skipping like around the time she she had already applied. So maybe they all they did not get those new transcripts in. I just like it's it's very weird. I don't say moralistic, but it's very weird decisions to have these two. And it doesn't feel like they're juxtaposing them either. It just feels like... They're just like, no, these are where these characters went. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes this happens. and But I don't... But Marissa's... Uh, whatever. Yeah. <sighs> it's gonna be a weird end of the season. We're so close, and yet... So, Aaron... Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic stormed into a faculty mixer intent on proving their place in a prestigious college only to be supplemented by the drama of their ex-girlfriend? I did. And it was summer seeing um, Seth hug Anna at the airport. <laughs> did we need another twist in that storyline? No, because that was already her mindset. I don't think they needed to, like, hammer it down more. No, because, yes, we had Marissa being like, oh, well, maybe you should talk to him. But we didn't need another, but should I? <laughs> yeah. And I, I am certain that next episode, Summer's going to do what she's going to do. And she would have done that whether or not she had seen that hug. Absolutely. Did you find a CW moment? Mine, funny enough, is a moment just before that, which is when Summer calls Marissa and Marissa gives her weirdly succinct advice that causes that dramatic moment. Very good advice. Like... Maybe we just didn't have that scene. Like, maybe she just could have come I, I, home mad. I don't think Summer needed to talk to Marissa. I don't think Summer needed to see Anna hug him again. Because once again, that did not... Nothing changed. Like, her mindset was still the same as it was before. It was like her mind changed in the car... And then changed back. But it, yeah, it's... And we already know that Marissa doesn't feel like college is the place for her right now. So we also did not need that scene from Marissa. Yeah, both those two scenes added... I mean, the most we got out of them was essentially that we learned that Seth did very good at talking to the college people. But that didn't need to be added onto these other things. We could have just had Seth being like, hey, Anna, thanks for helping me. I actually would have much liked a better... Seth Anna send off of of like essentially this, this moment where they're like yeah you know what we are good as friends I'm excited to be living in the same because you know what I'm sure we'll never see Anna again so let's like say goodbye to that storyline yeah yeah with her sweet tiny vest <laughs> it's the tiniest of vests <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's it's like a vest for monkeys. <laughs> monkeys who plays the symbols <laughs> like to see anna who is a very very small woman a very very thin woman yeah um <laughs> wearing a vest that looks too small for her is incredible it's incredible <laughs> <laughs> well hey that's the oc that is uh that is man we're getting real close to the end what are your what are your predictions i mean you can't do predictions you know where this goes kind of <laughs> i mean i know one thing no one i know thing. one thing that happens this season okay and that's it Maybe, maybe, maybe if I could do predict. I mostly only want to do a prediction about, about the Seth and Summer thing. Um, 
I'm imagining they're probably going to do them getting together. Um, you know, I say when do predictions. I have no idea anymore because the show takes such wild choices. And sometimes you think things are endgame, but then they're like, you thought that well, Sandy and Kirsten were really good, but let's make Kirsten act insane. Yeah, Problem I mean, solved. They also like doing this thing, this thing where they like to end uh, seasons on like big cliffhangers. And everyone being separate. And everyone being separate. So, man, I don't, I don't, I don't even really know. I don't. I have to imagine they're going to resolve the Kirsten Sandy thing there. I have to imagine that the last few few things are going to be Sandy like using his evidence on Doctor Griffin, and then proving to Kirsten that he was working for good all along. Uh, but I'm sure Kirsten will still be like, "Yes, but you." But at the time, I was still mad, and I will hold on to that madness. And then Sandy will be like, "What if I quit the Newport Group? Problem solved." And she'll be like. Yes. <laughs> Our rich family needs no income. Yeah. 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 I really, I really, what I hope is that Kirsten goes on some sort of lesson where she learns that, hey, it's fine if your husband's more successful than you. <laughs> it doesn't mean he's your dad. It doesn't mean he's your dad. <laughs> your dad was bad because he was bad, not because he was successful. No, you, Kirsten is, in fact, good despite all of the, like... It, it, it sort of feels very hurtful to Sandy that the fact that he actually is standing against a whole lot of luring to do the dark side and not doing it. And Kirsten is like, you're a bad person. Oh, you were kind of tempted by that? How dare you? Like, he, he is building a hospital for underprivileged people. And he has been fighting so hard for that hospital. <laughs> like, no man has ever fought so much. And, and, the, and Dr. Griffin's like... Scheme, like scheming and his corruptness is not going to change the fact that a hospital is going to help underprivileged people. Mm -hmm. Dr. Griffin will still be corrupt. But maybe he quit? Who knows? Uh, who knows? Also, Sandy's busy meeting all of these good new doctors who are Neil's friends. <laughs> yeah. So, man. Man. I hope, uh, we'll see where that goes, but I don't know. This is gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting seeing the end of the the season. We're in the home stretch. Three episodes. Yep, three more episodes, and then we're back into Riverdale. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, so once again, there will be a double update. So keep an eye on that onto your podcast feed. It'll pop up one day, and maybe we'll tell you ahead of time. But maybe we well, won't. I mean, the, the the last two episodes will come up on the same week. Yeah. I'm 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 gonna say I'm gonna say right now that what we're gonna do is we're gonna have one come out on Monday and one come out on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then Monday again, because then they kind of half each other. Yeah, it's normal. Yep, yep. Anyway, tell us your predictions. Hit us up on the social media, <laughs> Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA. You can hit us on Instagram, on Twitter, or you can email us at podcastmoa at gmail.com. And if you look it up on Wikipedia or you've watched this before, that is not a prediction. I only want predictions from people who have not watched the OC before. And we know we have a lot of teen listeners who have not watched it, so teens, tell us what you think. <laughs> Do you tell us your thoughts. Is Kirsten drinking again? Will Marissa go to Berkeley? In the OC Sound of Music, who are the Nazis? Answers all this more on the next episode of Missy Osiris and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>